And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This morning by Andrew. Yeah, yeah, in New York. Same <laughs> throw. Taylor. Oh, uh, what do a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? They're both parasites. I'm the trouble starter. Pumpkin against the gator. I'm the favorite illustrated. <laughs> Through. Oh my gosh. And Jay. Hey, it's Jay. Oh. That may have been the hottest <laughs> two intros ever. Wow. Luke, it never stops startling me when you come on. With it's great energy to start off with such like fury. It. Gets me gets me going. Luke it's Luke is so pumped for European players in Oklahoma. So, <laughs> highlight That's, of his NBA fandom look m-i-c-i-c how do you pronounce that name mickick you got it the I, man is stoked i think that's i don't know if that's right i've never heard it spoken I'm yes so stoked, my dude so the thunder did officially wave darius miller last night oh did they really they did uh that is official nothing else is official everything else is reported so uh Gabriel Deck, who also goes by Gabby, who also goes by Tortoise, who also goes by Tort, ah, will be joining the Tort Thunder. Deck. This was reported by Sham Sharania yesterday and also originally reported by my guy Chima De Lucas, mm. who had who had it first. And so uh, he'll be joining the team. I cannot pretend that I know a lot about him. Because I just found out he was a human yesterday. Uh, but I've watched some videos. I've read some stuff. He seems like a guy who's going to be able to contribute right away. He's already 26 years old. And he is a Argentinian player that plays super hard. Has good feel for the game. Is basically a forward. Uh, so. What's the point of this? <laughs> Both of these guys won't come on. Until next year, is I, I, no, no. I think I think he's joining us. I think oh, really? Deck is joining now. Okay. okay what no. about okay? How do we pronounce Vasiliji? Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and stick with that. I'm gonna, Vis- okay, Thunder fans, until we know different, it's Vasiliji. I'm gonna yeah. I'll, I'll stick. <laughs> I'll stick with that. But what uh, what is the benefit of bringing up a 26-year-old who seems like he has a good basketball IQ to this team. It's, you have something to say? Oh, yeah, I know. I, fi- I figured that out. I'm sorry, everybody. Everybody that's following on here. I don't know how that happened. Um, anyways, that's really. I'm really sad you guys missed the intro of this ap- of this pod because it was, <laughs> it was epic. It was really something. You know, give you a reason to listen to it on the podcast. It was only muted on YouTube. Yeah, only muted on YouTube. Um, yeah, the point is unclear yeah uh, i think this is about talent evaluation for them i think this is about maximizing what you can do and if you can just get i mean they just get him you don't have to spend a draft pick you don't have to spend uh, your draft capital to trade for him you just get him right and there's there's a history of these guys coming over and not playing well and not doing well in the league 
but then you're going to get your Joe Ingles every once in a while. And they, the Jazz got Joe Ingles for nothing. They just signed him, and he is a huge part of what they do. Right. And so the Thunder are trying to pull as many levers as possible to get talent here, which is it's hard to get talent in Oklahoma City. And if you can get two guys that you just try them and see, and you wish that they were 21 instead of 26 or 27. Um, but honestly, any anything that they can do to get talent to come to OKC, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And still, they're young enough to wear. And, and these guys project more as like NBA role players. These aren't guys that are coming and use a ton of possessions or anything like that. So, uh, I mean, I th- they, they think of Kenrich Williams as a guy that's going to stick around, and he's the same age as these guys. So... And like they, they had Nick Collison with that last team that was older, and so I don't, I think that they would like their major talent to be young to develop so that they can have them long term. But you know, I'd, it's hard to say without them even putting on a Thunder uniform exactly right. what's going to happen. Right, and I think it's one of the things for me that just proves the utmost importance of this upcoming draft. Um. Not that there's a guarantee about these two guys, but you're investing in these two Euro players that are in their mid to late 20s. Uh, you're kind of hoping that they're going to... I'm assuming you're maybe betting that they're going to contribute on a team that is working toward being better soon, sooner rather than later. Because yeah. to surround Shea with a couple of guys, because you know what you're going to get from these two Euro guys, and, and all you can find online is is highlights, and so right, you have to take highlight videos with like a grain of salt. But they're they're going to have more of a natural kind of fluidity to the game. I, I don't know any of their numbers, but it looks like at least Deck. I saw him. He kind of actually reminds me of Rudy Fernandez a little bit, just with the shot, because he kind of has like a the way he stands when he shoots just feels very Euro. Like mm-hmm. it's, you just don't see that a lot. Um, Feels really Spanish. And Spanish then, stance. And then uh, Michele kind of chimed in this morning and said that Mitchich is a is like a legit player. And so mm-hmm. that's what's confusing is if the goal was to do a couple year tank to rebuild, this feels uh, like this is kind of a move in contrast to that reality. So that's why it's kind of confusing. But I think that, that what I'm seeing from it is it seems as if Sam is making a pretty conscious decision to build a team differently than the ones he built with Kevin Durant and Russ, which is, I mean, it's intelligent. Obviously, it's been over a decade uh, since that team was being built. And so the basketball, the game, the NBA has changed dramatically since then. And so mm-hmm. I think building a team with a bunch of guys who can do multiple things on the floor and investing in shooting, like those are things that are going to be sustainably uh, successful for Oklahoma City. And, and and you mentioned this, I think, in, in a text conversation yesterday is, you know, is there a chance that Euro guys who come over and, and don't really know the layout of the United States, although it doesn't take much to figure that out, but like, is there a chance that they would stay more long-term in a smaller market like Oklahoma City? And so, I don't know. I, it's possible. It's, it's, uh, <coughs> it's hard to say. It's intriguing, and it's confusing, and it's kind of exciting at the same time. But it just, for me, it emphasizes the importance of this draft that comes up. Because if the Thunder can hit on one or two... Yeah, just, just this just, year. Just give me one. Let's just yeah. If you can get one of the top five, and then somebody that can contribute yeah. immediately, I think the whole kind of timeline of this rebuild changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shea is the primary reason it's all confused. Honestly, is because Shea is just. I I wonder. Sam may have already known this, but I don't even know if Sam would have assumed that he would have made the leap that he did in year three. Because he was, there was moments before the injury that he was playing at a level that you're like, okay, well, this is it. We've got our superstar. Now let's pair him with somebody else that can help carry the load and let's roll. Even throughout the season, like at the start of the season, we were having conversations on this podcast about like, is this the guy? Would you trade this guy for the number one overall pick? And it changed so much through the season in limited games that he's played in these pretty much crappy games that haven't really resulted in a lot of wins. But when he's been on the court, it's so clear he's been the best player on the court. Yeah. Even against guys when when we would play Memphis and he just yep. 
very clearly outperformed Jaw Morant, like and made Jaw look like a sophomore player. He's done that. Shea did that multiple times, yeah, throughout the year. Um, and it's so I don't know. That does it, the timeline is different, and it's different than probably even if Sam was able to to say it. I think it's a little bit different than what even Sam was projecting. Um, and and that's not a bad thing. Like it's not you don't ever say, oh, we've got too much talent too quickly. You've just got to pivot, and you've got to hit. You've mm. got to hit in this draft. Like I. That's why it makes total sense why the Thunder have done what they've done in the last few days or last few weeks to where they've basically. Now, some of this is injury related, like Shea's injury is is real in some sense. Uh, Baisley's we're assuming is real because Baisley doesn't bring this team to the middle if he's playing right now, but maybe he could get confidence in playing with this team. A lot of Poku minutes, a lot of Svee, a lot of Moses Brown, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like. They're they're two and eight in their last ten. They're one of the only two teams to have that poor of a record over the last ten. Hell years. yeah, great job, Dundee. Uh, last night alone, I mean, the Cavs came into Oklahoma City and beat them by twenty what eight points or something like that. Yeah, the Hornets beat them the night before. And if you look, Alex posted this on Twitter. Is if you look at the next ten games or so, it's kind of a grueling. Schedule. Now, they play some teams that aren't great. They play Washington twice. They play Detroit. They play Toronto. Golden State. And they play Golden State. Yeah, Detroit. but this team is like losing, losing. Yeah. This and isn't like those losses we were taking where they were still competitive losses. Yeah, and now most they're, of those are now the, they're getting blowouts. A lot of those are on the road as well. Yeah. Um, and those are going to be all of those. The ones that we just talked about are at least try-hard teams. Um, yeah. Which has been most of the season the team that the Thunder have lost to is these teams that are really going to take it seriously. Now Toronto, yeah. who knows what you're going to get from that one. Yeah. But they also play Philly. They play Utah. They play new Orleans. Uh, it's, it's going to be, I mean, it, they could put together a 10 game losing streak pretty quickly. Yeah. I think that would be ideal. <laughs> if, if, they, if they could do that <clears throat> for, I mean, they need to lose. 90% of the games the rest of the way. Is it possible they could lose as good as the Rockets have been losing? This I mean, it, it just depends on what happens with all the injuries, really. But is also, it, Houston's... Y'all talked about it Wednesday. Is Houston's strength of schedule is, like, number one. They're going to get... Yes. ...destroyed. Houston so probably... Are you to light that schedule on fire? No, I'm about to look at it. Houston will probably end up with the worst record, which is, oh. uh, which is ideal for the Thunder. Honestly, so, but yeah, I mean, I think it is important to highlight, like, Sam. <laughs> who's um, going to be the most stressed on lottery night? Thunder fans or Rockets fans? It's got to be, it's got to be Rockets fans because it's all or they nothing. Lose it. It's yeah. all or nothing, Rockets right? Fans. Or they get Miami's pick. That's the first part of the season. Oh, God. Um, so... <laughs> God, we're all looking into this, guy. I think there's this, like, cognitive dissonance that goes on with the front office and particularly Sam Presti with, with regards to all of this, because the thing about this team and some of the guys here, he chose them, right? Like he doesn't want them to be bad. He doesn't want those guys to like not have success and be good. He also has the clear understanding that the draft picks are a huge part of the future of the thunder. So I just, I want people to, to know that, you can't just say that Sam doesn't support this group and doesn't support these players and just wants them all to just be horrible because that's just not true. And so I just think that there's a little bit more context within all of this when we talk about like what Sam wants and what the team wants and things like that. Because he, he's there and he's supporting the players and he's supportive of all these guys and uh, you know wants the best for them. So I just... I think that we just need to recognize that a little bit because it is probably a strange position to be in where you're like, okay, I d- identified this talent, but I also, there's part of me that wants them to lose every game because of this, but I also want them to have success. It's just, it's a weird position, not only for Thunder fans, but it is certainly for management. It's well, not as clear cut. Yeah. And I think as well is what you're dealing with is the fact that like, and I, I highly doubt that these 20-year-olds... Now, there's some guys on the Thunder who are just thrilled to have an opportunity to to show what they can be. Without a doubt. With Svee is literally, potentially, saving his career in yeah. Oklahoma City. 
Yeah. Uh, Moses Brown doesn't have a career without <laughs> Oklahoma City, right? Like, honestly. Wow, Jay. I, I thought you were about to say currently. Wow, no, Jay. No, no, no. no, no. He, he's, he literally played in Portland, played for their G League. The Thunder signed him on a two-way, and now he's got a contract with the Thunder, kind of, mostly. You wow. look at these guys. Even wow. He actually has Whoa. a contract now, Jay. What the heck? Yes, but the Thunder can non-guaranteed at any point in the contract. So, oh, Kenrich, Kenrich Williams. You, you wouldn't got, say this about anybody no, else, No, he really Jake. wouldn't. He really wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't say, say this like about all. any other would player, not say it and like you know that. that's true. Sorry, all-star Moses Brown, future. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Jay, unbelievable. So, all that to say that, like, there is this place where it's it's – I don't know if you can communicate this to players that says, listen, this year is going to have a lot of pain, but the reason is because we want your future to be as successful as possible. And I know that Sam is having that conversation in some form with, with Shay regularly. Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, like we need you to support. We need you to be a part of this thing. We want you to take care of your body, but we're doing this because for the future, we want you to have a chance to compete regularly for championships. Okay, I hear it. So what you're saying is this is a deep tissue massage year. Yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. But for the future, this is the pain that's necessary to uh, increase your blood flow. So I asked mm -hmm. this question yesterday to Alex and Andrew. Um, in the next 10, I want to go through the next 10, and I want you to tell me how many of these games they're going to win. 10 years? Taylor and Luke. It's going to take a long time. Next 10 games. Saturday, they play in Oklahoma City against Philadelphia. That's a loss. Next Tuesday, they play at Utah. That's a loss. Back home on Wednesday, second night of a back-to-back, -back, traveling from Salt Lake City to Oklahoma City. They play Golden State. I think that's a, I think that's a toss-up. It could be a toss-up. Depends on who plays, yeah. Yeah. A salad toss. Move then on. Then they on Friday play just Why? unnecessary, Why? but cool. On Friday they on. on Friday they play in Detroit. Yeah. Mm, that's a loss. I don't know. Detroit just beat Oklahoma City by twenty in Oklahoma City. So I would pick Detroit. Then they play at Toronto. I think that is a win. And then at Washington, back to back. I think that's a lose. I like the back to backs on the aways on both of those. Uh I mean, they could put together quite a losing streak here. Then they play at Indiana. That's a loss. Home versus Washington. Ooh, that's a big win. Possible. I think win, Beal's big back. Win. My bad is Beal's back by then, but who knows? He's got actual lingering nerves. He's been back. Nervous. He played. Oh, do you play? Good. Uh -huh. Good. Great. Fantastic. Then they play at home, or excuse me, on the road, back-to-back -back against Philly and Boston. Both losses. And then they in the, in the month of April against New Orleans. See, I like these teams that are... Still kind of playing for playoff positioning, too. Those are the ones you want. Mm -hmm. And they're still, like, it's getting closer there, and they're trying to get in shape it's, for uh, it's going to save. Too. It's going to save the Thunder's strategy to get going to save draft. Sam's job. Because if you look in the month of May, one of the things you're going to be faced with is the fact that they play Sacramento three times. Yeah. And you know Sacramento, if they're even close, which they're close. Sacktown. They're going to be trying to get in the playing game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, they're going to be playing like they want to win those three games so because that's what the Kings do. Yeah. So I just am saying, like, there's 10 games left. I think we probably feel potentially confident they go in two of those eight or two of those 10. 10 games mm -hmm. left. 10 in the month of April that oh, I just okay. read through. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that could that could be much better than what your February looked up. And thank you for bringing this up. You still owe Luke and I uh, that uh, bet. Hey, I'm just gonna go ahead and clarify that Luke never bet in that. He yeah, was it was it was both of us for both of you. Uh, go back and listen. And now you guys owe us money. I'm gonna listen today. You took too long. So money, cash money. <laughs> yeah, that never happened. Okay, so <laughs> if we look at the roster. SGA, Dort, Baisley, Teo, Ty Jerome, Poku, Svi, Kenrich, Mitchich, Deck, draft pick, draft pick. That's 12 guys. Mm. And Svi is a question mark, right? Maybe Svi should be a question mark player. So that's 11 guys. And they will probably have another draft pick. They will probably have three. So that's 12 guys. So there's only room for three more guys on the roster next year. For next year. Including two-A players. And this includes the three picks that we'll have this year. So, yeah, that okay. includes the three picks. So, there's a 
big bunch of guys that are on the team now that probably won't be on the team next year. Yeah. So if you were to guess, there's eight eight guys that I think are in question. Svee, Moses Brown, Isaiah Roby, Jalen Horde. Oh, wow. Wow. Jay, not right Jay's now. Jay's trying to deflect some of the some Come on, of his Jay. heat. Al Horford, who's still under contract. Josh Hall, Tony Bradley, <laughs> Justin Robinson. Wow. Dude, wow. Wow, Andrew. Wow. A lot of hate over there, man. Who a lot gets, of hate. Who gets there? Like, who makes the team? Svee. I think Isaiah you think, Roby. You think they signed Svee to a contract? Ugh. I yeah. don't know if they do. To a free agent contract. I don't know. I mean, he kind of reminds me of these two two guys that they do. I mean, like, smart guy, works hard, maybe can shoot. Yeah. They're going to sign two of those big guys, and I think it's going to be, well, clearly it's Moses Brown. And then I think Isaiah Roby's probably going to be around again. Just based on how he's been playing and how they've been using him, I think they see him as just a you know, a constant role player that can just come off the bench and do there's something. Really, so there's really only one spot left. If you think all those guys are going to make it, there's only one. So Moses one. Brown and Roby. There's not room for both of them. Oh. Well, then Roby's gone. Yeah. Right. I mean, they kind of already made the decision. How? If they sign, if they have three, so ten. Here's the ten guys: SGA, Dort, Baisley, Teo, Jerome, Poku, Kenrich, Mitchich, Deck. Yeah, that's ten. 11, 12, 13 for the draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. So two spots. Yeah, which... No, no, no. I mean, that's, I mean, that's it, right? Because you yeah, have two, unless, two-way contracts. I mean, actually, like, that's it. Yeah, because even if you... Like, if with three draft picks all the way up to 32, all of them are going to have a guaranteed roster spot, right? Like, yeah. you, you don't... Even if you just put one... Even if you put the 32nd pick... In the G League, yeah, they still are taking up a roster spot, right? Yeah, I mean, these guys are playing. The thing about the rest of the season, these guys are playing for a spot. Yeah, so they really only have one spot for Spee, Moses Brown, Roby, any of the Tony Bradley, any of those other guys. There's only only one spot, and then you have your two two way spots. So it's, I mean, it they're running out of room. What's Isaiah Roby's? Con, like situ- financial situation like what's what's in his bank account right now like yeah what's his life like tyler fields tyler field in the chat chat mentioned this and i think there's maybe some validity to this is you could i could absolutely see the thunder if they get miami which is currently i think the 18th pick or something like that if they get miami's and the 32nd from the golden state trade which is minnesota's second if they take both of those they could potentially move up if they find somebody they love at 14 yeah, there's a chance they could take those two picks and move up a few to get something else. And so there is no guarantee that there's going to be three rookies yeah. coming yeah. It's, in next I'm year. just saying it's possible that if For they sure. do if they For do sure. take three guys that night, we just have to be thinking about cuz I mean so many people are just so attached to Isaiah Roby, Moses Brown and Sfee and Wow. There's just a chance. <laughs> there's just there's just a chance. <laughs> there's just a chance that these guys aren't here. I'm just trying to get out of this, guys. I'm just saying. Like, and I, also, they maybe quit th- talking about him that way, man. You so you, hey, you beat think, him up, beat him up verbally. I think people are massively underrating what Moses Brown can become. I think he's got a high potential to be the next Rudy Gobert. Maybe God, the sarcasm is just maybe, making yeah, my ears bleed. Maybe yeah, this Chamberlain. Is, this is know. painful. Um, but there's also a chance they trade even any of the guys that are on the list that I mentioned as well. There's no, to me. There's, there's probably no guarantee that you didn't even mention Vit Kretschy. Somebody said in the chat. Exactly. Yes, Vit. He'll be here. He is here. He may be a two way contract. True. He may be one of the two ways. The way we do with two ways, man, is eventually he's going to be on the roster. If he's anything, he is guaranteed. <laughs> he is. Oh, he is. We've turned Poku into an absolute NBA legend. I know. Yeah, but he's actually good. Oh, man. Like, haven't you seen more progress in, like... Aren't you more excited about Poku than any of these other guys and what they could possibly be? Absolutely. He also will thrive with a year of strength and conditioning in in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Because it's so clear, and I think McKelly talked about this quite a bit, but it's so clear that that his body just falls apart. Like, 
gets, they literally were dragging him into the locker room after the game against Charlotte. I know that we were, I think we were tied or maybe ahead after the first quarter last night. And I'm like, not worried at all. Nope. Like these, <laughs> these guys aren't going to make it to the fourth quarter. Yeah. It's been rough. Hey, you know how we should have predicted that, that he would be this good because he was picked seventeenth. Listen to some of these guys that were picked seventeenth in the draft. Seventeenth oh, specifically. Seventeenth, yes. Dennis Schroeder was picked seventeenth. Amon Shumpert, Drew Holiday, Roy Hibbert, uh, Danny Granger, Josh Smith, uh, Juan Dixon, Desmond Mason, all picked seventeenth. Jermaine O'Neal picked seventeenth. Doug Christie, Sean Kemp. Wow. All names I've heard. In there with he's just in there with all the legends of seventeen. Wow, the legends of seventeen. The legends of seventeen. That's listen to my new podcast called The Legends of Seventeen. So the Each Thunder, week we go through Thunder are currently slotted to pick twenty. Is there a chance they could put twenty and thirty two or thirty one together and 17. get to the seventeen? Are we trade it to seventeen? Currently we currently Javoni has a Who? James Book Knight. <laughs> Jabroni? Jabroni. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Gavoni. Gavoni? J- Jonathan Jabroni. Um, also, yeah, Nikhil Alexander Walker, 17th. Wow. Dante DiVincenzo, 17th. Oh, this is real. This is kind of real. It's real. We have to trade up to 17. That's whoever what I'm it saying. is. Oh, they have James Booknight at 17. Yeah, we won't mention Wade Baldwin, Rashad Vaughn, and James Young. No, no, no. no. We don't. We won't no, mention no. Tyler Zeller. At least and James Young was uh, Tyler Zeller. Mm-hmm. James Young. Mm-hmm. Which one's the Kevin Tyler? Seraphin? We won't mention him. Kevin Seraphin. Wizards. We won't mention Michael Bradley and Cal Boldler. Cal Boldler, the Bulbs. Oh, I forgot Bob Sura. I should have mentioned him. Also, oh. Aaron McKee. Oh, you guys, big Aaron McKee guys. Huge. Yeah. All right. Huge. Anyways, so, I'm just just so, just something to keep your mind on a little bit is they just they're they're not going to have enough roster spots for all of your favorite guys. And there I've said this before, but there's something about the way he plays is just so noticeable. You just you you just drift to wherever he is on the court and everything he does is so amazing and entertaining. And other people even like he has a he has a nickname already and other people nationally follow him. Poku Poku, you did not talk like mention who you were talking about, mm-hmm. but you knew, didn't but we? Did know. we knew exactly my point? He's he's got he's got some some stuff. He knows he knows how to keep. There's some mystery about him. What's in his fanny pack? Yeah, what do you Which guys is, think, guys? Last time that happened, who was that? Kevin backpack. Kevin Durant. Hey, D. Yeah, something about Oklahoma City and. Uh, Carrying accessories. Yeah. Yeah. Although the fanny pack is too small to carry a Bible in. You don't it's know that. There's a little mini Bibles. Yeah. Oh, little what if mini he, Bibles? You think he has a mini Bible? Like they hand out in middle school. Yeah. 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 I've been a Christian much. They're orange. <laughs> been guy. a Christian much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, guys, while we're talking about it, uh, at Allen underscore Miller one two wants to know what would we keep in our fanny packs? Gum. Yep. Just chapstick. Heaters. Wallet heaters. That's cigarettes. Oh. <laughs> the only reason I know that is because <laughs> Stu got. Oh, did not know uh, that. Wallet, phone. Because so anything in your pockets, it's going in your not FP. keeping anything in your pockets, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Yeah. You're not takes keeping the, anything in your pockets. Takes your the place pack? of pockets for sure. Really? Which makes me kind of think I want a fanny pack. I think I'd yeah. keep some crackers in there. Okay, you could. What kind of crackers are you talking? Those little like uh, orange cheesy peanut buttery crackers. Oh, gross! Oh, oh some more than original. I like those. Yeah, you fine. know what I'm a huge fan of, and my wife's been getting a lot for my son. My, my wife is a. <laughs> <laughs> what did she do, Jay? What did she do to you, Jay? <laughs> it's those. Uh, she gets them for my son. And the, those little uh, Ritz crackers with cheese in between them. Oh, like yeah. The, the, you can get the really small, oh, Ritz, small yeah. ones. Ritz bits. But yeah. they're not Ritz bits. They're full-size Ritz bits. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Rich, she doesn't know is that Andrew doesn't eat any of those. I get all <laughs> That's that. That's all you Oh, my gosh. I just, hey, and you're like, hey, Andrew needs some more of those uh, cheesy Ritz crackers. Andrew those crackers. Will you uh, go get me some more, please? Thank you. <laughs> I mean, get Andrew some more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, those are really good. You could could are they big enough to keep a drink in? Maybe I I keep drink? a uh, Red Bull, like an eight ounce Red Bull. Yeah, I could on deck, five hour energy. Yeah, you could. 
It just yeah. this whole moment just made me think about when Luke and Taylor had the floor and disharmonized mm. the Mario Brothers song. <laughs> I know yeah. we, we have a natural rhythm. Top three podcast moments yeah. of all time. <laughs> really? Wow! Across all platforms and podcasts. Holy moly! John's back toy bigger in mystery. John's back toy bigger in mystery. I'm Taylor. This is my victory dictory. I was watching uh, Last Chance U basketball. Are you guys familiar with this oh, show? Yeah, I've been watching. You've been, been watching? watching? Yes. Okay, yes. so Last Chance U, it's a docuseries on Netflix where they basically follow the season of a JUCO. Um, uh, football, generally, it's been football. This last season was basketball. And I was watching, and it's just crazy. Like, they were talking about... You know, there's only about 1,700 D1 scholarships. And you have to fit all these kids into 1,700 scholarships. And uh, all these guys at JUCO are pretty good, but it's hard to tell they're good because they're just playing in what is essentially an even smaller high school gym. And they're just, like, jumping out of the gym, and they're all, like, kind of tall. And it just really was made apparent to me yet again Oh, you have to be unbelievable at basketball to even be considered for a roster spot. To even make it that far, like p- to yeah. be that good in D one, it's hard to even get to D one. So, mm-hmm. um, but also still, we're still allowed to say that players suck when they suck. Okay, I just want to say that. Definitely. Okay, um, and so my question to y'all is, what is so hard about the jobs that you do? Because I imagine they're pretty easy. <laughs> So what specifically about your job? Maybe there's something that like you're like, oh, if anyone thinks about me being a divorce attorney, they would never consider that I have to do this. And this is actually pretty hard. Yeah. Um, I would just say in mind that um, you're dealing with people that are going through like the worst six months to year of their life. Yeah. Mm. And you're trying. And but not only that, you're not dealing with a person like you're dealing with like 30 at a time. Yeah. That are all doing that. And so, like, you have, you're dealing with, like, stuff that's, like, if I get an email on the weekend, like, there can be emergencies. It's like, I have to deal with this right now. Mm. So, it's probably that. Yeah, that is something I wouldn't consider. And you also kind of have to put on, like, a little bit, although you're on the legal side of it, there's also going to be emotional sides yeah. of that that you're walking. Oh, I mean, you word. do, yeah. there, I mean, you are these people's counselor for yeah. a lot of that stuff and have to, like, walk them through, like, a host of issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, whoa. Yeah, I deal with a lot of. I, I deal with a lot of that. Um, I do a lot of funerals, mm-hmm. and that part's hard. And then I think for some people, like I mean, I talk in front of somewhat large crowds on a regular basis, and so I know for some people that's pretty intimidating as well. And so those are the things. But dealing with people in crisis is is one of those things that it's yeah just something that you know yeah not as uh. You know, it's not like playing in the NBA, but it's not something that's like walking in the park. Dude, you've made the NBA of what your thing is, though. No. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm in like, I'm in like uh, the G League. No. No, you I got a two way. Right. You're a two way. All right, yeah, I'll take you. You're that. in negotiations. You're a two way. Wait, what's the NBA then? I just assumed like Life Church. Yeah, and like, <laughs> like those mega churches. Mega churches. Mega churches. Oh, like when you can be a millionaire from being a pastor. <laughs> that's, that's when you made it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But that is the NBA of being yes. a pastor, right? Yes. I feel okay. Uncomfortable about yes. that. Yes. He won't <laughs> say it, but I'll say it for him. Yes. I hope you make it to the league. Jay. Mega church. Mega church. Uh, Andrew, what's the hardest thing about being like a podcast producer that people wouldn't um, think about? I mean, the schedule is just weird. Yeah. Probably the only thing. Mm. Doesn't sound that hard, but it's not that hard. <laughs> what's, what's, it's what, great. What's the, the the worst thing, the easy, easily the worst thing about my job is Twitter. Yeah, and like Twitter is just an awful place for. So it's people. more the social end of your job that is hard. Yeah, everything else is very fun and not that hard to do. The hard, the hardest part of my job is when my kids wake me up at six forty whenever I'm up. Until like three a.m. The, the mm. daily ding, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but again, that's really not that. It's not difficult. Mm. It's just navigating time, like yeah, because you're dealing with how many podcasts do you produce in a week? Two a thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, I mean, probably like in between between fifteen and eighteen, depending on the week. Oh, that's too much talking. 
Well, that's 15 to 18 people that you're navigating their schedules. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, I wouldn't say it's difficult. No, you're, it's not like you're out there like <laughs> mining or something. Yeah. Mining. <laughs> I was trying to think immediately like, what's the, oh, I got the podcast lung. <laughs> I'm not going to make it pop. Tayshawn, what about you, man? Uh, it's pretty easy. I bet, I bet, I know it. Tayshawn's <laughs> back to a bigger victory. Tayshawn's back to a bigger victory. All right, L man. Taylor, I think the hardest part of your job is everyone thinks it's a lot more romantic than it is because of the movie Ghost. It's not romantic at all. I, I teach pottery, and what happens all the time is some people will come for the first week, and they will leave like feeling so disappointed and dejected that day because like they didn't make something immediately. Yes, that, and they think it's going to be like relaxing and therapeutic, and it is not. Yeah. It's a little harder, at least the way I teach it too. Because I'll talk down to you. I'll really nag you the whole time. <laughs> they think the hey, ghost idiot. of yeah. They think the ghost of their dead lover is going to inhabit your body, and then you're just going to start. And then I don't because that's uh, you don't know how to do it yet. I don't know how to do it yet. It'll, it comes eventually. I think from what I know about making pots, it comes. Like the, <laughs> my spirit, my body will start to be able to accept spirits uh-huh. of lost, mm-hmm. uh, lost loved ones. That's what I've seen from oh. the movie Ghost. Well. My understanding. Well, I can charge more when that starts to happen. Yes, you can. That's (laughs) that's that's what you get to the to the NBA level. That's the NBA of pottery. Your Uh your body can can be inhabited by uh, spirits of lost loved ones. Yes, and that's when you name yourself after an animal, like turtle. Huh? Guys, I I procrastinated my wrestling watching. (laughs) I have so much to watch. I <laughs> tortoise. <laughs> what are you talking about, guys? <laughs> guys, my weekend is going to be so full of wrestling. All I've watched is the Hall of Fame. When's WrestleMania? It's it's two nights. It's Saturday and Sunday, and then they had NXT, which was last night and the night before, which I have not watched yet. All I watched was the Hall of Fame. so much to do. I haven't started any of it. I have no deep dive because I've been procrastinating. <sighs> I'm sorry. What a terrible di- deep dive. <laughs> this was... I know. This was L-Man's baby... Well, this has been L-Man's baby pool. So. <laughs> <laughs> this was Ooh. L-Man's kind of update on what he talked about last <laughs> week and just where he is. I have no schedule. time to deep dive when I'm procrastinating wrestling. <laughs> All right, well, we'll be right back after this quick break. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back from that quick Break. Twitter questions. <laughs> and we're back from that quick break. It's the first time y'all haven't just screamed. Yeah, that's that. true. Proud of you guys. Okay, our first Twitter question comes from at Tapir Tipsy, who says, uh. interested to hear everyone's thoughts on Mark Dagnalt's reprimanding Poku for complaining about Maladon's turnover. I do want to mention this from the chat. Miguel Davila says we need to rename. <laughs> we need to rename Elman segment. Elman's first world problems. <laughs> that, is, that is my. I'm life. procrastinated in my wrestling watch. <laughs> I, I have. There's too much content. 
Oh, wow. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier isn't as good as I want it to be. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I've I've been enjoying it, but not as good as WandaVision. No, man. Um, I thought, I wasn't, I mean, like, who cares about the shrimp boat? I've never seen somebody, (laughs) I've never seen somebody, yeah, what a weird plot part. Uh, I've never seen somebody. You're talking about Forrest Gump? Yeah, no, it's also Winter Soldier. I've never seen somebody, a coach for the Thunder, get that intense at somebody. And I love the fact that for yeah. Dagnall, it was all about like how we treat each other on the yeah. court. Like it's that such was, a that, culture building move, man. I love it. Yeah, I loved it too. I thought it was. I and thought it was great. Also remembering, like Poku is a 19 year old kid that moved across the world. It's like, oh, he, he kind of does have a father like figure over him in yeah. some sense you know and yes certainly can be yelled at <laughs> yes it needs to be yelled at and you yeah. can see it's like i can see in real time poku's brain computing new things like there's a moment i don't remember which game it was but he's running down court and doing what he always does where he's putting his arms in the air and then i see him like uh-huh. realize oh crap i'm not supposed to do that like pull your arms down they'll uh-huh. pass you the ball if you're open just be ready to shoot like He's so funny, man. It is yeah. it is my favorite in the running for one of my top three storylines in the history of this franchise is, is Alexei Bogashevsky. Like he's great. He's just such an a like I don't know, like an a re- unnecessary, like completely ridiculous star. And it's so funny. I yeah. need him I need you to interview him on Media Day and have him say stuff about down to dunk. I will definitely do that. I will definitely do that. He He is when you watch him. He is actual comedic relief at this, and at the same time, legitimate hope. I know it's it is such a he's all that I want wrapped up in one weird looking dude. So weird looking. He's great. Uh, I loved it. I appreciate it as a as a father of three boys. It was something that I could completely identify with with the way that Mark Degnault was talking to him. I was like, yes. Not sure I'd use the same language necessarily. But I would I- definitely not use the same language, <laughs> but the uh, the overall messaging and oh, tone yeah. was just like you mess up all the time, Poku. Like, that's you. Like what do you mean? You? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's you. That was you five minutes ago. You literally threw a pass yesterday that hit somebody in the head and went to the other team like, right poku was so bad last night i know it's like poku you tried a double wrap around pass and it's not a thing that anyone does why are you yelling at him and kenrich didn't outwardly tell you what he inwardly felt yeah right? which is a, such a kenrich thing oh man i thought kenrich one time when poku screwed up was like just pass me the just ball. pass yeah. it normal yeah <laughs> And Kenrich, yeah, Kenrich will only say it with his face. Yeah, like, give me the ball correctly. Because he did one of those things where he, like, looked off and threw it out of bounds, and Kenrich had to, like, jump and try to save it. I do. Um, I feel like he's done that to Kenrich quite a few times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Who cares about the shrimp boat? Who cares about the shrimp boat? <laughs> okay, guys. Our next Twitter question wow. comes from at Zach Deeg, who says OKC is on the clock at two. Sam Presti calls down to dunk and asks who to draft. The Frypod crew have to come to a full consensus, or he drafts a 23 year old non shooter. <laughs> Cade is off the board. What do we do? Oh, man. El- I just want to know if Elman knows the names. I just know the a names. name. What? I know the name. Who is? I just want to. I would say uh, Jalen Suggs. Okay. Okay. That's that's who. That's where I'm at. Okay. I think we but could have consensus around that. I'm right? also. I don't think we it's have hard consensus. for me not to take you know Evan hate? Mobley, man. You know what I hate? Consensus. So Evan Mobley <laughs> is the. I can one, I can confirm this. Mobley is the one that is the most terrifying. Yeah. But exciting to me. But we've got Moses Brown. Ooh. If you want to have the biggest. Ooh. The, the weirdest team in the league with regards to skill set and size, you take Evan Mobley. It's hard to deny Suggs in what he did in the tournament. I also really like Kaminga, but two for Kaminga's. I, mean, I would not. Yes. He's around five in most mock drafts. He's four or five. Honestly, if you're taking highest upside. Mobley. It's Mobley or Jalen Green. Jalen Green? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I watched a little practice video of him the other day, and I was like, oh. He's the most explosive athlete. Without question. He's probably the... Kaminga's pretty explosive, too, but yeah. He's the probably the most likely of the top five to average 30 a game. Like I, it's to me, it's it's difficult to think of Jalen Suggs, even Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, definitely Jonathan Kaminga, averaging thirty points per game. It's not that much of a leap to say that Jalen Green could could do that. Yeah, and averaging thirty a game is something that nobody does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, it's a tough choice, but I would probably take Evan Mobley. Um, but in that, like, going through that conversation we just had, like, as if we needed further reasoning to encourage people to get behind this. And I think the majority of people are at this point. But it's like all five of those guys we just listed are going to be. There's always a chance they won't be. But the one, people, one or two of them will not will not pan out, I would guess. The way people are talking about these guys, and especially in the sense. Now, I think if you saw what. Lamelo became during this year. I'm not sure they would say the same thing. Yeah, but most people that know the draft say that all five of these guys would have been number one in last year's draft. Yeah, um, yeah. If you threw Lamelo, Lamelo would belong in this group. Mobley is just something you don't see very regularly. Yeah. In, now I think it's going to become more normal. Like because you look at Chet Holmgren, like you look at these guys, and if you're tall. You've got to know how to do multiple things on the court. Nobody mm-hmm. just back to the basket plays like that anymore. Which, w- uh, which is why you yeah. want to get one of those guys now. Yeah, so Mobley, and he actually is a little bigger. And I think I mentioned this last time I talked about Mobley. He's a little bigger than I thought he was, like as far as his frame. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm intrigued by his ceiling is stupid. Yeah. Uh, but he also has probably the the lowest floor out of that crew, too. I think Kaminga might have the lowest floor. You think? Just a bit the shooting. And he's young. He is big. It's just, it's just the shooting. Yeah. yeah. Just the shooting alone. If he doesn't shoot it, what is he? Yeah, you're right. Not much. So, I mean, that's that's the concern there. And Evan Mobley has a, a low floor as well. But I don't know. I like him. And especially when you talk about what the Thunder have done with regards to development – like, give me that guy. <laughs> give me the guy who has the weirdest, <laughs> like most set, versatile body, skill yeah. set of any of these guys. Like, I want, I want that guy. Yeah. And also, to give a pick and roll, pick and pop partner to SGA, right? That is that versatile. That he can even have SGA screened for him. And then, like, what do you do yeah. if both of them, if both of those guys pan out? Like, what do you do? Guys, let's reach consensus. Which one is the one we're all going to pick? Taylor? Um, Kaminga. <laughs> Kaminga. I do not agree. Consensus. Mm. I get Suggs. Like, I get it. Um, Suggs feels the safest to me, outside of probably Cade. Cade is, yeah, Cade's definitely the safest. Suggs is probably second. Just what I just, I, I mean, you can't define a ceiling for him, but he's not a crazy explosive athlete or anything like that. Can you, would, what would be your guess that Sam would do it to? See, I would like say, Mobley's I would say clear, Evan Mobley. Yeah. I would say Evan Mobley, but I don't, like but I can't thing. say that. I can't say that with yeah. any certainty at all. That's why you got to get two of these top five picks. And the thing that's interesting about this is in any other draft, you just say, Take the take the one that is the most talented, or just take the best one. But you could argue the best one for four of these guys. Yeah, this isn't an Odin Durant situation where it, it's so funny. I love that you're kind of a little more in on Jalen Green because I love how explosive that guy is. He's interesting. He is. They're all interesting. I mean, there was I made an argument for Kamingas at number yeah. two like a couple of months ago. So, I mean, I don't know. What about Corey Kispert at two? <laughs> Would you take a swing at Corey Kispert? What about Timmy? Timmy. Oh, I do like Timmy. Drew Timmy? But not. I liked him until uh, I watched Baylor obliterate him. I I liked him until I watched him and then realized, oh, he does this mustache thing every single time he does anything. And then I imagine him doing it in every aspect of his real life, too. Yeah. 
I don't think Tim A gets drafted. No. Tim A, see you later, bro. He should go back to Gonzaga. Yeah, he should. Yeah. Go back, Tim A. Plus, he can play with. He should also go to hell. Next year. He should also go to hell. Mm-hmm. I got to go to work. <laughs> you do? Yeah. I got to go. I'll see wow. You um, no consensus. 23 year old non shooter. Look what you guys did. We did it. You did that. Yep. We, uh, we messed up here. Well, All right. Okay. <coughs> See ya. I'll read through a few more of these. All right. Here we go. This next one's from at Johnny Ho 34. Can we get a breakdown of who spends more hours in an average week? Andrew K. Schleck listening to NBA pods or Suk Leafens watching wrestling? Well, apparently based on his first world problems, deep dive, it's going to be Andrew Schleck. It's Andrew. Yeah, it's easy. I mean, it's part of my job now is to listen to podcasts. And I just, yeah. I like how Luke last week spent his whole deep dive talking about what his schedule is going to be and all the stuff he's going to do. I know. He really and then today it, it was out. like, oh, I haven't been able to watch it. Yeah. Freaking wrestling. Next baby. Twitter questions from at Daniel Beck OKC. He said, at the end of the season, is Teo Maladon landing on the all rookie team? If so, first or second team? Hmm. I think it's certainly possible that we see appearances from he and Poku. Oh. on the list. Are um, there three teams? I think there's only two. Yeah. I don't know. Who else? I mean, what other point guards are out there? I guess, do they do it front court, back court? Or how do they do it? Yeah, I believe that's correct. You've got Emmanuel quickly. You've got LaMelo, obviously. Yeah, LaMelo makes Ty- a team. Tyrese Halliburton. Anthony Edwards makes a team. Does Okoro make a team? And the guys that certainly won't make one. Coro gave Poku a lot of problems last night. Coro's awesome. That was one of my guys. Patrick Williams probably makes it. Uh-huh. So probably Poku doesn't make it. Nope. Um, I mean, you're not even talking about... Of the guys in the top 10 that won't make it. You haven't gotten to Tyrese Maxey. We haven't gotten to... I mean, there's... Maxey won't make it. You don't think? Mm-hmm. Is he falling off? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kongwu won't be there. Killian Hayes won't be there. Obi Toppin won't be there. What about Den- Precious, Precious or Isaiah Stewart? Precious just doesn't play anymore. For, doesn't play a whole yeah. lot for the Heat. He had a great block last night. Denny Avdia doesn't make it. Jalen Smith doesn't make it. Devin Vassell doesn't make it. There's a chance. And part of that is just opportunity, right? Like these yeah. guys playing 40 minutes a night. Sadiq Bay probably makes it. Yeah. What about Desmond Bain? Desmond Bain probably makes it. He's been he's been good. Jay Obi Toppin, man. Yeah, man. It, I think there's a combination of things. Is he's probably not what I thought he was, and I think playing in New York was a horrible, horrible thing for him. Mm-hmm. Which we all said that. Like, I don't know why the Knicks didn't trade and get somebody to contribute. I mean, they thought that he. I mean, they probably thought. If any of these guys are ready, it's it's him. Be they, they probably did, but at the same time, it's like we knew we we all knew what Tibbs would do. I mean, I know that you have Emmanuel quickly is like the outlier for that, but yeah, you don't really. The Knicks don't need to draft people until Tibbs is not their coach anymore. Yeah, yeah, but if Obi Toppin could get blocks like protect the rim and was a better passer then he'd be on the court for tips you're not wrong i think that there's a lot of things that worked against him and i'm not saying he has i don't think i don't really couldn't tell you with any certainty that's going to turn around like Mm -hmm. but sitting behind julius randall like it just is one of those things where he's not going to get the minutes to even figure out what he can or can't do and he started injured for the season so he's out for the first month like there's a lot of things that worked against him being Mm -hmm. able to be productive and some of that is on himself like the athleticism maybe really is a question. Like, I, and I honestly haven't been able to watch specific minutes of Obi mm-hmm. Toppin for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. But just looking at the situation, I, I think there's a lot of things that could say like he wasn't able. If he could have been something, it doesn't feel like he was going to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think that you could look at the second round as of today and say the Thunder got the best guy in the second round, which is pretty cool. I think you. I think we'll look in a few years back at the 2020 draft and say the Thunder nailed it. I think you could already probably say that with Poku, but yeah, there's a lot of guys I think that should have taken Poku. I mean, you can even look now like Isaiah Stewart. I really like him, but I think with his lack of athleticism, his ceiling is pretty defined. Yeah. Cole Anthony at 15, Aaron Neesmith at 14, Kira Lewis, who they still believe in. And then you get into like Tyrese Halliburton at 12, who should have gone much higher. 
Like the Suns took Jalen Smith at 10. Yeah. Mm. How much, how excited would you be as a Suns fan if you, instead of Jalen Smith sitting on the bench, you had Poku sitting on the bench? So much more excited. Yeah. That would really be something. Yep. Uh, next question. Speaking of Poku, this is from at Phi or Fee. Oh, Filson. I don't know. Phi underscore Elson. Yeah, sure. If you could have Poku train with any player over the offseason, current or retired, who would it be? Mmm. Giannis. I'm thinking about bodies here. Yeah. I'm thinking about Giannis body. I'm thinking about Giannis raw skill set, and Poku already has more than that. So, Giannis, what'd you do? Show me what kind of smoothies you ate. Yeah. You know, get in the gym. How do you work out, Giannis? How do you deal with uh, American culture, Giannis? There it is. Yeah. Giannis or LeBron. I mean, yeah, like, no, like we're talking about like who he could. I mean, LeBron James, a guy who has he spends more money on his body than maybe anyone in the history of man, and knows exactly what to do. So, I mean that that would really be something. Yeah, I was telling my my son was actually asking about the difference between LeBron and Michael Jordan. I said, "Here's the deal. I'm not getting into that debate because number one is I'm not even sure how to really craft it, and you're, yeah, you're 11." <laughs> And number two, I said, here's the deal about LeBron James is he's the best athlete in the history of the world. Yeah. Nobody his size should be able to do what he does physically. Yeah. For and that long, for too. For that long. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's. Un- no one's done it. It's unbelievable. Nobody's yeah. done it. Mm-hmm. Hercules? Hercules. <laughs> number two. Sorry. Yeah. Her- Hercules. Next, <laughs> uh, next question from at Warner West. We'll make this our last Twitter question. Thank you all for sending in your Twitter questions. This is from at Warner West. I'll give this over to my man, Tayshawn. What are OKC's best Asian food places? I want oh, to, he man. He wants to know the best nice and popular Asian places, but also the best dive Asian restaurants that are tasty but niche. Okay. Niche. Tana Thai is up there. Jay can attest to this. So good. Probably my favorite Thai place. It's the best Thai food in the city. You will have people argue with you. They're wrong. I've tried all of them. Tana Thai is the best. And it's I mean, been the might same. might be real that you tried all of them. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have tried... Probably all of them. Um, also, there's this place, Inaka Sushi, which is new, but Luke was keeping it a secret for years and years. It's unbelievable. That's in the village. In I-N-A-K-A. All, these are both kind of hole-in-the-wall family-owned businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Jay, do you what, like Grand is there, House like, nice or one? do you like Lido's down in the Asian district? I like, Fe- what is it called? Golden Phoenix more than yeah. uh, that. Yeah. Golden Phoenix is really good. Fung's um, Kitchen down there is pretty good, too. Fung's Kitchen. There's also a place called Cafe. I think it's called Seven Cafe. Okay. And that's an Asian district, and that's really good. Um, Panda Express? Panda Express is probably the one I eat at the most. <laughs> no. That's a little family-owned hole-in-the-wall joint. <laughs> not sure you've heard of it. Yeah, maybe you haven't heard of it. But those are the... I mean, I'm eating Tanatai the most. I'm eating Inaka the most now. That's new to the roster. Uh, and I'm eating Panda Express the most. Well, good. You got anything, Andrew? I hope everybody has a great weekend. It's supposed to, if you're in OKC, it's supposed to be really nice. So uh, Don't talk to me about the weather. Get out there and enjoy it, everybody. Moses Brown, I hope you have a great weekend, specifically. Me too, Moses. Have a great week. Oh, Jake, come on. You do not wish that. He does not, but I do. Uh, shouts to our stream, if you're in the stream. Hello. Thanks for listening. Miroslav in Germany. Christos in Greece. Lawrence Field in Boston. We have Bailey in Australia. We have Miguel Devella in the Philippines. We have Chad in Yukon. We have Matthew in the UK. Uh, we have... Firestarter. Firestarter. Hey, uh, did you see that we did get confirmation of a listener in Antarctica? In yes. Okay. Yes, I did. So we're seven continent podcasts. Yeah, all continents worldwide. DTD worldwide. Abdallah in Cairo, Egypt. We have Sam the Man in New Zealand. We have Gus in Erie, PA. We have Wojciech in in Poland. That's probably wrong. I'm so sorry. Uh, Brian in Singapore. My dad? We have Yoni, your dad, in Israel. We have uh, Mark 
happy Friday night from Tasmania. Wow. Is that real? Yeah, that's real. Wow. Um, We have Mega in Switzerland, Brian in Wisconsin, Brushy in Albuquerque. We have Christian in South London. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you guys again on Monday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.